I'll go. Oh, yeah. Dig it. It's the most movie man time of the year. Hello, hi, and welcome to episode, I'm gonna say, 34? It doesn't get easier. <laughs> no, it does not. I mean, I, how do you imagine the audience feels? They, they're, they're still not used to that. Um, I'm gonna say episode 34. I, I, was, I was always bad at maths. There we go. Yep. Uh, and we are continuing our look at Christmas movies because... Tis, tis getting Christmassy. I go. just I just helped someone uh, put up a Christmas tree. Fuck yes. Kind of. And I'm wearing a Christmas jumper and a Christmas hat. There we go. And once again, you're wearing a Weasley sweater minus the, le- minus the, num- <laughs> the letter. Tis the season. Tis the season. Sliced <laughs> toast is back, everyone. What's Our happening, folks? Christmas cheermeister. There we go. Slash... I have not given you a, another title for the podcast other than, like, dude animation and aliens guy. I'll take um, it, man. That's just my forte. A- animation <laughs> correspondent. There we go. It, 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 doesn't, it's not, it doesn't sound as catchy as correspondent, which is Owen's. But, um, yeah, this is, this is a strange one. Because, technically, this would be Owen's uh, neck of the woods. Because, but I introduced Owen to this film. Yes. Because that's the thing, mm. you are the Venn diagram between, you are the middle bit in the Venn diagram <laughs> between horror and Christmas. Right. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I feel like half of the hor- Christmas horror movies I know you have either mentioned or, like, introduced me to. Mm. I didn't watch this for the first time until we literally sat down as a big group and watched this the yes. other day. And my first takeaway was... Never didn't sit near a siege when we're doing that. <laughs> Just because of chatter. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, in fairness, we always chatter over these movies, yeah. but siege, it can be a little, you know. Siege, if you're watching, we love you. <laughs> it's true. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, so I, so I had literally never seen this before um, we decided to do this episode because yeah. I wanted to do Elf. Uh, you wanted to do this, and then next week, we're not going to give away next week's until the end of the show, and even then, it will just be a hint. Yeah, not just yet. Yeah, you won't see it coming, folks. <laughs> um, well, hopefully you won't see it coming. Uh, we're still up in the air on that, but anyway. Yeah, so this is Better Watch Out. It's, mm. a, dar- it's a Christmas horror film. Obviously, we don't have Owen here because he's in California and can go fuck himself in California. <laughs> Again, we love you, Owen, but it's cold here. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, so better watch out. It's a Christmas horror movie from 2017. Mm-hmm. It was made in 2016, but it was a 2017 release. Mm-hmm. And we... This is, this is a very... It's a very fitting Christmas film because this is Home Alone, on but steroids. on crazy pills. <laughs> this is, this is an incels Home Alone. This is the Home Alone we wanted to see, or finally getting. This is the Home Alone where what would happen if Macaulay Culkin went through all the phases that he went through, all the <clears> problems, <throat> but still kept making Home Alone movies, even if the studios weren't involved. For sure, yeah. This is what I can imagine, like, 
when when Macaulay Culkin kind of resurfaced mm. in like the early two thousand tens, and it was just like, oh my god, he looks so diff. He looks kind of drug dealery, but wait, he's dating Mila Kunis. What's going on? Right. <laughs> I know. That was a bizarre time. Life gives and takes. He was the original Pete Davidson. <laughs> to be fair, Ariana Grande and then Kim Kardashian boys not Oh, that bo- Never underestimate the power to make a woman laugh. Mm. And also <laughs> allegedly having a very big penis. Allegedly. We know it's a fact now. Mm. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so it was directed by Chris Peckover, mm. who previously made a movie called Undocumented, which was kind of, it was a found footage horror movie about uh, Mexicans trying to cross the US border. Was it any good? I haven't seen it, okay, but that, I, just, I just looked it up and that had been the only other, um, th- that had been the only other film he had done. It was very well received. Mm. So like, and because the video I watched on this, it was very much like, Took him a while to get this uh, net second film out. We hope it's not as long because he's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, he got into horror through basically the first horror film he ever saw. His parents uh, left him and his younger brother alone when they were kids one night and uh, saw this movie at the video store. Child's Play. Oh, show the kids. This must be fun. It's Child's Play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they did not know it was a horror movie, so he was scared for life from Child's Play, and then he watched um, the original Poltergeist, and that was just like, yep, I want to make horror movies for, my, for the rest of my Fantastic. life. Fantastic. Yeah. Good and, choice, though. And you can kind of see that from this, the fact that, you know, he was, he, he, he was inspired by 80s horror movies. For sure. This is very, this feels quite 80s. Oh, it does. It's like a perfect 80s slasher film. Absolutely. Um, the original title, do you know what the original title of this movie was? I don't. Safe Neighborhood. Oh. I like that. It's not as Christmassy, but I really fuck with that. Yeah, but it's also, but also I think that they changed it to make, to make it fit Christmas more. Which I do appreciate. Yes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it was actually, it was, they filmed the entire thing under the name Safe Neighborhood. It didn't Mm. change to Better Watch Out until... They showed it at a film festival and wow, okay. and uh, one of the distributors saw it and was like, we like it, but uh, maybe change the name. Mm. Which in fairness, if that's the only thing you're hearing at a festival, You've then... You've cracked it. Yeah, really good. Oh, we didn't go through the cast. Mm. Um, uh, cast is uh, Olivia de Jong, uh, who plays the main girl. Basically, this is... About a babysitter who is babysitting her last job before moving, and it's with a, it's with a family she's uh, worked with a lot. You know she knows the young kid. He's about twelve. He has a thing for her, and he's constantly trying to uh, show that he's mature and trying to get with them. Yeah. Yes. How old is he supposed to be, the teenager? 12. Oh, so he's a tween. He's 12. 12. And she's tween. like 17, 18. Yes. Yeah. This is a, this is very much a, um, Zach and Maddie from Sweet Life and, from Sweet Life, uh, scenario. It's, but, that with the sinister Not, story. yeah, not as, not as wholesome as yeah. that. <laughs> you know, there's no prom episode where, like, he tries to get better at maths and, like, Oh, I'll dance with you as yours if you dance with me at mine, you know. <laughs> Which they never fucking uh, followed through on in the spin-off. No. 
I always found that really weird. How do you do a spin-off of a show when it's the main two characters? Yeah. It's just like halfway through making the first show, they just thought, BOAT! <laughs> oh. But yeah, um, so she's in this. You would probably best know her. She was in M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. I still haven't seen that film. It was basically M. Night going back to his roots, like very low budget horror film. Yeah. The only big name involved there was um, uh, Catherine Hahn. She, uh, the villain from WandaVision. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Yes, she plays, like, the mother in that, but she's not in it for a huge amount. She's yeah. just kind of like, oh, she's, like, the big kind of name to kind of attach people on, because at this point, Shyamalan's name is not selling the movie. This was after... This is, like, coming two years after Afterwards, where they kept him off of all... any and all promotional... They were just like, we'll promote it on Will and Jaden Smith. No one must know M. Night made this until they watch the movie. And they're like, yeah, M. Night made this. <laughs> but this was him. You know, he was firmly in kind of the Hollywood doghouse yeah. of, uh, you know, okay, you made The Happening. You made Last Airbender. You made After Earth. We don't trust you anymore. So he made this low-budget horror film. It made money. So they're like, okay, okay. You've got James McAvoy on tap for your next one. Sure, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of Bob. And that's how Split happened. That was yeah. huge. So The Visit was kind of... You know, this The Visit was him getting back on the wagon sure. before kickstarting with Split. And yeah. then kind of stumbling off a bit more <laughs> with, with Glass and then Old. Yeah. Yeah, so this was... So it was M. Night trying to get back on the wagon and successfully doing it before the wagon started having problems again. For sure. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, and uh, the kid who plays Gareth plays her younger brother in The Visit. In The Visit? Oh, okay. Didn't yeah, know. so it stars Ashley and Gareth as siblings. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you'd have also seen the guy who plays Gareth if you ever watched the Disney movie Alexander on the Terrible, Awful, Totally, Very Not Good Day. Or something very long-winded title like yeah. that. Same thing. I think it's got <laughs> Steve Carell, Jennifer Garner. Yes. And I'm pretty sure it's got um, the, the main kid from 13 Reasons Why. I'll look it up now just to kind of uh, do, like, the title. It's really, you know, it's it's... Very average kind of Disney, mm. you know, family film. Alexander. That's not the kid who falls in the sizes, is it? Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Yeah, it does have Dylan Minetti in it. And, and yeah, it's just about a kid having a pretty lousy day. Yeah. With his, with his family and shit, you know. Uh... Coming, uh, and another person who was coming off a horror movie in 2015, but a very different kind of horror film, Levi Miller. He had been in Pan, mm. which, uh, in case anyone has forgotten, is the Peter Pan movie where, for some reason, uh, Hugh Jackman turns up as Blackbeard and starts singing Nirvana with a bunch of uh, kids. I still haven't seen that, and I must, because, yes. <laughs> It's bad. Yeah, for sure. It is genuinely bad. Like I, like the whole singing Nirvana thing isn't even fun. Mm. You know, 
That's Hugh Jackman, so... I know, I know, but he's not even, he's not even in it that much. It's, okay. it's just kind of like, oh, you know, Captain Hook is like a good guy at the start, but it's like, oh, this is how he turned on Peter Pan, you know? Oh, and it did terribly at the box office, so like, Levi Miller needed this. He plays Luke, so it's just yeah. like, yeah, this is a... Because also, this kind of, there is a hint of Peter there's kind of like a twist on Peter Pan in this in a sense okay because you know Peter Pan never wants to grow up this kid wants to grow up to get to uh, get laid yeah but doesn't dust but also is like revels in the whole I can get away with anything I'm a cute kid <laughs> um got Alex uh Mickich is Ricky not sure um Dakar Montgomery is Jeremy mm-hmm. uh Billy from Stranger Things yep and the Red Ranger as well. Yes. Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers, um, uh, the power of Krispy Kreme. Mm. <laughs> he started very briefly in this film, but I loved his role. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you've got Virginia Madsen mm. as um, Deandra Lerner, Luke's mother. Yep. From the original Candyman movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the original himbo. <laughs> Her childhood himbo. Kronk, Kronk, Patrick Kronk. Warburton, Kronk, Joe from uh, oh, Family yeah. Guy, the principal from Kim Possible. Yeah, fuck wow. He's been in a bunch of it. He's 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 he's, uh, he's had his fingers in many pies of our childhood. Oh yeah, it's all come together. <laughs> he's he was very ingrained in Disney <laughs> when we were a kid. That's for sure. Yeah. Um and again I like I can't even remember how many times I've seen him in live action I just know the voice yeah. But yeah, no, he inspired a generation of himbos. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we've we've done we've gone through Peckover's inspirations and stuff. Um. He he found he found the script from uh the main screenwriter and um he changed a lot of it because uh the original script he described as. If this this is bordering on torture porn. Oh. And like this is mid two thousands torture porn it as a craze had kind of died out about a decade beforehand. I still kinda wanna see that though. I wanna see how balls to the wall they could go if they didn't see you know pair back in Yeah, yeah, but also I feel like it would have been a harder sell because like I said, saw that whole craze died out in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, because cause by the end of the 2000s, you got Paranormal Activity coming out and yeah. found footage, and then everything after The Conjuring is just, yeah. oh, we're just going to try to do The Conjuring, and then yeah. maybe a couple other things, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> horror, mainstream horror was kind of follows a trend of, like, what was successful and then what came after. For sure. Mm. But, um... And and in this day and age, it's whatever the fuck James Wan wants to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he took it from sort of torture porn into a dark comedy meta twist on Home Alone. Yeah. Um, he also took a lot of... Ins- he also took some inspiration from Scream, as mm. you can kind of see from sort of visual imagery later on in the film. Um, because it attracted financiers from Australia, they filmed it in Australia to stretch out the budget. Well, okay. So, like, this was... At one point, it was originally meant to be filmed in South Carolina on a mm. budget of, like, 500000 Okay. Uh, when, when it was... When the Australians picked it up, the budget was increased to about $3 million. Shit. Yeah, so it was just, like, 
it's... it was it because also like if you're flying from the state to uh, America all the time, for sure, uh, Australia to the state all yeah. the time, that takes up a massive. So film it in Australia to stretch out the budget, as yeah. Heather always told us. Yeah. Uh, which is also why they uh cast it locally. Mm. All of the main actors outside of Madsen and Warburton are all Australian. Well, seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it filmed in Sydney on the Fox studio a lot, because obviously in the 2000s, uh, Australia became a big place for shooting films. Mm. The Matrix, Mission Impossible 2, yeah. anything Peter Jackson's done <laughs> since like he became the Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. He's always tried to shoot either in New Zealand or Australia. So yeah, so they had Fox has a studio lot, a big uh, studio lot in Sydney, and it was filmed on the biggest stages they could get that were not currently being used at the time for Hacksaw Ridge, which was filming next door. Jesus, which is a solid film despite yeah. the fact that Mel Gibson made it. <laughs> no, um. Yeah, so yeah, they cast locally, although there was a rumour going around that at one point the role of Ashley was being rumoured, was be, uh, potentially being offered to Selena Gomez. Shit, that would mean... That would have... that I feel like that would have gotten it a bigger Reception. release. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know if it had worked as much. I don't know. I think Selena Gomez would have overacted the role just a tad. Like, she's a great actress, don't get yeah. me wrong. But, but I feel that she kind of does also. Just also, I feel like at this point, I can't see her playing sixteen anymore. That's true. Yeah. Like I'd have seen her playing sixteen about eight years beforehand when she was like Disney Channel Wizard of Waverly Place. Yeah, I mean, she's actually sixteen. Cover girl. Yeah, like now, <laughs> like now she's playing you know young women, mm. where it's like oh she's a young so she's young when put up against. Steve Martin and Martin Short in uh, yeah. Only Murders in the Building. Fantastic show. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, but, like, if you put her here with 12-year-olds, she is going to look at least six years too old to yeah. play the role. But, um, yeah, but obviously that never happened. Um, De Jong was very apprehensive because she'd also... Along with The Visit, she had also been in two other horror films. So it's like, she was coming off three straight horror films. Yeah. And she was a bit apprehensive. Do I want to be late? Do I want to get typecast as horror film girl? Mm-hmm. But um, thankfully, she took the role. As again, Oxenbold, she played his older sister in The Visit. So they knew each other. Miller was coming off of the flop that was panned. <laughs> Um, and Dacre Montgomery, this was his first film, his first film, although, um, bit of ska, just before they were about to, uh, film his stuff, he got cast as the Red Ranger, and it was going to start filming immediately after this film was done. Yeah. So he wasn't allowed to do anything physical, uh, so very much, you know. Uh, so they didn't want him getting hurt. So they had to work his death scene in a way that was like, we need to make sure this guy does not get hurt in any possible way or we will probably get sued by a studio. <laughs> so let's put him in a harness and hang him from a tree. Ye- yeah, like they had to film film it to where it's like he was barely hanging at all. They yeah. they really had to work around that to make sure it's like as little physical danger he is in as possible. Yeah. You know? 
That's crazy. Yeah, and because because they were kind of like, oh, this could be his big break in uh, Power Rangers, and to an extent, it kind of was. I mean, no one remembers the twenty seventeen Power Rangers film for the Red Ranger. They remember it for Krispy Kreme. That's true. The greatest and worst product placement I have ever seen <laughs> in a movie. I think his claim to fame really had to be Stranger Things. So, like, that's the only thing he's been in that's been really yeah. well received. Well, like, the Power Rangers film was, it was good, but it didn't perform, it didn't perform well enough to where they uh, did a sequel, even though sure. the, the cast wanted a sequel. They yeah. set up a sequel in, like, an end credit scene mm-hmm. where they're uh, teasing the Green Ranger, you know? Yeah. Uh, the minute that started, the minute they were just like, how are they doing a sequel? It's like, uh, I put down on the comment section, um, can I audition for the Green Ranger, please? Five-year-old Jake would die a happy boy if he could play the Green Ranger in a movie. You just want to play that night flute? Yes. Oh, Green Ranger was my boy. But then again, that was just because I was obsessed with green as a kid. That's fair, man. Yeah. Apologies, misophobics. Um, had to take a drink there. Um... But yeah, so they had to work around his death, which I imagine was just, like, really fucking annoying. For sure, but I think they pulled it off really well. Like, it's a really flawless... Yeah, scene, like, you couldn't, really well. like, you couldn't tell there's, like, you know, when they were filming him hanging, he was also, like, kind of, you know, barely a foot off the ground. Yeah. Um, filming took place between January and February of 2016, which is very weird because when you look at it, obviously they filmed it all in one place, I think... Like, the scenes where Ashley's driving at the start on the road, I think that might have been filmed oh, somewhere, maybe in Minnesota or somewhere. Like, right. some... They probably got stock footage from somewhere or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I think that's the only scene that wasn't filmed on the same lot as everything else. Yeah. So, it was all set in one place. But the fact that it's, like, it's snowing out, there's Christmas carolers. But um, January and February, that's Australian summer. Because um, as, as someone who's been to Australia, their winter is there summer. So, like, we'd have gone there in, like, June and July. Mm. And um, we're like, Jesus fucking Christ, it's roasting here. Then you turn on the Australian news and it's like, Crocky, it's gone down to seven degrees. And then there's just, like, the TV animation of, like, icicles and frozen <laughs> and snowmen. <laughs> you know, just like, like, you know, what what could it turn up out of nowhere? Hmm. <coughs> Oh, and we're just kind of like y'all are y'all are being incredibly cruel here to like <laughs> non Australians. It's like set like twelve degrees yeah. on a normal day in Arizona. This was two thousand seven at that point. For an Irish summer in two thousand seven, twelve degrees is lovely. <laughs> mm. But um, I said before we go into further with the synopsis of the film, though, we should probably put uh, out the disclaimer warning. That there will be spoilers. Yeah, for sure. I think that yes, this film, we like, are the, going to spoil shit. Yes, the greatest part about this film is the twist about a third of the way through the film. Mm. It's just it's it's what makes the film really. It's a good thing you brought that up because the next point would have kind of played into the twist. So cool. like, I will say this bit when we get to that part in the movie. Um, yeah, so it debuted at Fantastic Fest in twenty sixteen, which is where. They met Josh Olsen, who had done the marketing for both the 2013 Evil Dead remake wow. and Don't Breathe. Mm. 
So he was on a hot streak, and that too suggested the name change to mm. Safe Neighborhood, a farm to from Safe Neighborhood to Better Watch Out. So it was done by someone who knew what they were talking about. Yeah, um, it got picked up by the company Wellgo USA, who at this point was picking up a bunch of horror movies, some who which like weren't as successful. Others included Train to Busan. Ooh, okay. So yeah, they they so this was a company that was uh, on a good run. Yeah. Um, if y'all haven't seen Train to Busan, watch it. It is genuinely one of the best horror movies of the last ten years. Really okay. Yeah, bet bet maybe the bet one of the best zombie movies I've ever mm. seen. Like yeah, I mean they're doing an American remake. Which Ooh. is, yeah, oh, is right. I think it's like last train to New York. <laughs> so, yeah. I I don't know who's been cast in it. I might look it up. I think there's a cast. Um. Oh, God. Are you also giving any of the original, like, production crew on, or? Um. I don't. I don't know, actually. Um. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Untitled. Oh no, I don't think they even have like a. Cast oh no, they don't. They don't have a cast. They don't have a director on it. They just have "Last Train to New York." That's just the title. They just got the working title, okay? Yeah, working title. Well, Sorry. So to change, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just as assumed. Oh, maybe there's a cast to it. Yeah. I don't know. But um, or they'd at least gotten one big name to us. Like, don't worry, folks. So and so is in this. Chris Pratt stars in. Chris Pratt is playing all the Koreans, voicing <laughs> all of the Koreans. Honestly, Hollywood some shock more shocking things. And Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know she can play Asian. She's done it before. And we know she can play trees. So if we ever need to recast Groot, she also can play men. It's it's confirmed. Oh, uh, its biggest theatrical release was in the UK, where it was released uh, across two hundred screens. Wow. Okay. Which is which is not a huge opening. It'd be like oh, it's in certain it's in certain chains for like two showings a night. Yeah. You know, like there'd be a showing at like maybe half four and then one at, you know, half ten or eight forty five. The awkward times mm. where it's, it's so like more than I would have expected though. I didn't know any UK release at all. Uh, yeah, and then in the U- US, it only really did the art house uh, cinema round, yeah. so it was only released on 25 screens in the US. Wow, shit. Yeah, which is odd, but again, like, it would have been, was then released sort of in the, I don't know if, if it was on, like, a streaming site or just, yeah. like, whatever, but it, it got a release, it got, like, a, a VOD release, maybe, in the mm. US. I can't remember. But okay. it made money, you know? Like, it did okay for something that had 3 million that they kind of knew, okay, this isn't going to be a huge hit, but it's a really good horror film that could get us something down the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with, 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 the, with the good word of mouth that this has. Um, we're gonna, okay, let's get into step by step. And um, I probably should mark off the bit where we're going to have to discuss where this movie goes from uh, one gear into all of the gears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it opens with Ashley. She's mm. driving. Um, she almost hits some Christmas carolers <laughs> while she's talking with her mother about how she's looking, how they're moving, and she's doing one last job for the learner family. 
and yeah and then we also we hear you know she has a boyfriend ricky she has a she has an ex called jeremy who's a pain in the ass yep um and then perfect expo dump perfect expo dump absolutely you know and then you just get a nice little feel-good moment of carol is almost getting run over yeah it sets up the tone for the film though of course of course shit's gonna go wrong but it's also super very super comical like yes this film is this film has like a dark sense of humor oh for sure mm. it's, it's essentially it's a cast Ted Bundy in Home Alone that's my synopsis of the film that's just what it is <laughs> ooh anyway so we meet Luke and his friend Gareth and um this is a really great um uh misdirect because Gareth comes across immediately like he's the creepy one yeah Maybe it's the look of the kid. He's kind of in that awkward kind of... He, he, he's that kid look who looks like, okay, when he's 13, it'll be a bit rough, but um, give it nine years and <laughs> give it nine years and he'll be, he'll be an attractive young man. The other end, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Me at me at third me at thirteen fourteen is like puberty hit you like a fucking semi. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah no so and then he comes across like kind of the creepy one and he's talking about because Luke's kind of just talking they're all they're talking about how they're gonna flirt with Ashley and whatnot and Luke's kind of being very scientific about it. he's looking shit up on his computer and yeah. whatnot. And Gareth's just kind of being a bit Jay from the Inbetweeners about the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, and this is where we find out that he has a crush on Ashley, who's mm-hmm. going to be babysitting him. And also the machine under his bed with, like, the womb noises, mm-hmm. which is kind of a red flag. It's a little bit creepy, it's, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Luke, Luke made an observation early on in the film when we watched this and um, it came, became dividend later on. We won't say what it is, mm. but... Um, uh, yeah, and so Luke's parents, who are not nice to each other at all, you can... Th- that, is not an, that is not a solid marriage. Mm. I think the first line of dialogue she says to him was, have you ever sucked cock? Because <laughs> that tie is so gay. <laughs> Are you sure you've never sucked cock? <laughs> yeah, no, these parents... Th- this is not a happy marriage. No. And it's like... Oh, poor kid. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so they're going out to a party. Before they leave, they demonstrate uh, the pencil trick. Where we've learned that Luke sleepwalks. So you got to put a pencil on his... Uh, between the doorknob of his be- of his bedroom door and the frame so that he can't mm. get out. Yeah. Which, uh, as someone who had a sleepwalking, who has had some history with sleepwalking, that is much better than tying someone to a bed. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was, it was only ever suggested. Um, <laughs> Rolling on. Okay, yes. <laughs> sleepwalking on. Um. Anyway, so with everyone gone, Luke overhears Ashley on the phone with her boyfriend, Ricky, mm. and she calls him kiddo, which is just, oh, that, that's, that, that's a... It's a dagger in the gut. That is a dagger in the gut. That is a kick in the balls. Mm. And um, so he, so as any mature 12-year-old would do, he goes straight to the juice. He goes straight to the booze. Mm-hmm. He uh, 
cracks up. He cracks open wine. Yeah. He cracks open a lovely uh, chateau. <laughs> I think it's some kind of sparkling wine. He's tr- he's trying mm. to get her drunk, and he's also trying to prove that he can handle his booze. Yeah, we. Well, it's like it's not how you do it, kid. You start you start off the way everyone does. You know, without we you start out the way anyone does without any um humbleness or elegance or class. You start with wicked. <laughs> no, no. You start stealing it from your parents' liquor cabinet, and you take whatever the shittest booze is that you know they won't miss. Sometimes you you're you're, you're risky. You take a bottle of vodka and you fill the rest of the water, but that's it's only on a really bad day. <laughs> Yes, but then it's like, I'm pretty sure this family is rich enough to where, like, they don't have vodka in their cabinets. They have many, many wines. Yeah, that's true. Yes, this this is a very affluent house that she's babysitting for. This is this is a John Hughes house. Oh, for sure. Mm. But, um, yeah, and so he's, uh, so he's, he gets drunk very quickly. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's a fucking lightweight. Mm. And... Fucking uh, lightweight, he's 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. No, I'm uh, with you, I'm with you. A little bit of wine. <laughs> should have eaten before he drank. But, um... Yeah, no, so... He then talks Ashley into watch, watching a horror film with him mm-hmm. as she, she's just annoyed that he's been drinking because, yeah. again, he's fucking 12. Mm-hmm. But, um... And also this entire movie, his voice is breaking. Yeah. Which is just... Mwah. So good. Oh. And, yeah, basically, uh, she starts to notice... Odd little things aren't right. You know, like the back door is unlocked. Mm. You know, things have been moved. Yeah. There's a light on that she didn't turn on. Mm-hmm. So she starts noticing, hmm, some things aren't fully right here. For sure. And she's spooked by the horror films, so she's noticing all these little yeah. things. And then... Starts spooking both. Yeah, and then, you know, she she touches Luke's hand and that gets his fucking pecker going. <laughs> she tries to kiss her immediately. <laughs> oh, no, no, this is... This is um. This is the. This is why you learn to read a situation. Mm. You know, she wants none of him. CBT cognitive mm. behavioral therapy. Mm. Or, or, or um, LSB little shit behavior. I mean, you take. I mean, take your shop, but also read the room. Mm. But um. Yeah, no, and she obviously turns him down because... Yeah. Fuck off, you little creep. <laughs> um, yeah, and so just at this point, um, they... What was it? Oh, yeah, and then... Yeah, they get a creepy call. They do. They do, and uh, they try to find out who it is, and then they find out it's Gareth mm-hmm. until it suddenly isn't. Yeah. A, a brick gets... Tr- a a get a, a window upstairs gets uh gets clandarkened as I like to say. <laughs> I mean brick. Brick turns from the window. Yes. I mean I mean, you know, I come from a place where like a very common uh threat is I'll set fire to your fucking wheelie bin. <laughs> um but yeah, so the 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 window gets bricked in, mm. they discover that the Wi Fi and the phone lines are kaput. Um 
during when things start going wrong, Luke uh, Luke accidentally throws her phone in the fish tank, mm. which uh, obviously that's out of commission then. Yep. Um, and Gareth tries to run away and he gets shot down, so they think Gareth is dead. Yeah. Um, Luke now. Luke navigates them upstairs as a masked man prowls. Some really nice sort of uh, camera work, especially with like the attic scene and everything. For sure, yeah. Whereas like, you know, there's a big spider and she's about to mm. fall out of the attic. And you know, this is very much, this very much is set up to make Luke look like a hero. Yeah. I also really love the scene where they run into the kitchen and he collides with her. And yeah. the two of them come tumbling down. Oh. That's uh, that's really, and then the camera kind of moves with them. Yeah, it falls with them. That's kind of what they do in action movies. I saw that and just immediately thought of uh, the scene in like Fast and Furious sure. Seven. The Rock gives Jason Statham a rock bottom through a uh, a, a glass table, <laughs> which is my which is one of the things that will always make me mark out in a movie is seeing a wrestler turned actor hit their own wrestling move. As a move or in a movie, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just watching there watching Dune just like, give him a Batista bomb. Of course you are a macho movie man. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, anyway, so um, yeah. But then they hide in Luke's room, and then yes. but then she starts noticing a couple things. She notices that. There's a photo of uh, him and his family going skiing and his ski mask looks a lot like the guy who's wet the mask that the guy has on. Yep. And that basically gives it away that Gareth is the one behind the mask and it's all a ruse to make Luke look like this brave adult hero yep. saving her from a break-in, <laughs> which is fucked. Yeah. That's like a bridge too far to begin with. That is some Dennis Reynolds behavior. Yeah, yes. Um, infuriated Ashley reads him the riot act, just mm. like, you little fucking creep. <laughs> uh, and then she goes to ring his parents. Mm. Uh, Luke just runs up to him and is like, no, she turns around. But twack. Slaps her down the stairs. Mm. And again, this is a John Hughes house, so they be a, they they're like a round st- staircase. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stairs. That is a young woman comes down on a ball gown kind of stairway. Mm. Um. So she wakes up and she's tied up, and the lads are talking about inappropriate sex stuff with cartoons. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> now, what what's her name? Uh, some character from Adventure Time. I think it's she's from Adventure Time. They're talking about I don't know Princess, uh, Princess something's vagina. I think that's what they're talking about. I don't know. They are just the moment of the movie is escaping me. I'm sure you're right, Jake. Yeah, no, they're talking about like they're talking about stuff that's like is wildly inappropriate, but it's also about shit that a twelve year old would be watching. No, for sure. Which is just like. I kind of I kind of dig that you know like they're not talking about they're not talking about like you know all what's a fucking um variety magazine sexiest woman alive or whatever they're talking about a cartoon character you know yeah. which also gives away that they're probably in some very weird shit on their on their search history for sure mm. but um yeah and then uh so it turns out 
the big plot twist. Dun, 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 this dun. is the moment. Luke is a fucking psychopath. Oh, straight up narcissist. And... Luke is a mentally fucked up little 12 year old mm. who has spent his entire life getting away with everything. Yeah. And he knows that he can get away with everything. And he knows that his parents will believe him. He knows that he's rich and white <laughs> and will, and you know, he can get away with anything. Yeah. And he's smart. He's he is ridiculously clever. So yeah. he knows exactly how to get away. You know, like he even said, I, he doesn't sleepwalk. He just made people think that he sleptwalks. So he has a perfect alibi because they'd be giving him sleeping pills at night. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, so we find out that he's a little psychopath and he is the villain of the movie. Mm. So uh, that is the twist on Home Alone, kids. The fu- the child is the villain, and the robbers don't exist. <laughs> and the babysitter... It's also a reverse on the babysitter movies. Yeah. But also yeah. so much better. But he's like the perfect little Ted Bundy, I'm telling you, man. He's just like a narcissistic sociopath who's just like, oh, I'm better than all these dipshits. I can totally get away with murdering he his babysitter. Is, he is somewhere in between Damien from The Omen and... um. <laughs> I saw this video of one of, of this politician in the UK. Have you ever heard of Jacob Rees-Mogg? Not a clue. Lucky, lucky motherfucker. Okay. Um, he is a Victorian ghoul, as, as just as in man form. Okay. Appearance-wise, <laughs> and oh, and there's a there's like a clip of him as a kid in like the eighties, and it is the most terrifying, young young Tory bullshit okay like, like i like the kid from the omen is not scary once you've seen this clip of like this posh little shit talking about you know he's on a business call at 12 talking about how i love money and then i can make more money when i'm older <laughs> oh but yeah now it, it is the middle section between that two yeah demonic fucked up and clever yeah little shit um, and then things get super inappropriate when Luke uh, starts just groping her on a bet. Mm. Um, and then we start to see that um, Gareth isn't really the creep we think he is. It's just he's Luke's best friend. He's his underling. He's a goddamn goon. He's his goon. And then one of the threads of the movie is what's Gareth going to do? Because Gareth realizes that he is just Luke's goon and yeah. he is Luke wants to make Ashley his property in this movie. Mm. Gareth is already Luke's property. Yeah. But um yeah, and he knows he he knows he has uh, Gareth under his thumb. Mm. But um cuz Gareth is just like a kind of creepy 12-year-old. But he's not Luke. Yeah. He's not capable of, like, the fucked up shit. When it comes to the fucked up shit later, Gareth is telling him, please don't do this. Yeah. So, like, Gareth is, like, normal creepy 12-year-old. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so, basically, uh, he starts feeling her up. Yeah. And... He's testing the water to see what he can get with Yeah, yeah. And then Ashley tries to sow some division between them by revealing that a couple of years prior, Luke had killed Gareth's gerbil. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So while he was convinced, so while he has to go convince Gareth to stay because Gareth gets annoyed at this because mm. he killed his fucking gerbil, man. And that's a huge red flag for for psychopaths. Yes, that is that is psychopath one hundred and one. Yeah, it's clear indication that this kid is not right. If you like to kill animal, like that, that's Ted Bundy, right? Or is that no? That's Dahmer. That's Dahmer. That's that's most serial killers. That's though. Da- like, yeah. It's, it's a common trait where they. It's testing the waters to see where they're in. They're fast. They're morbid curiosity with death, yeah. and you know they start with animals because it's easier to get away with than killing people, and then they evolve eventually into killing people. Unless it's Star Wars, in which case you become a hero Jedi, despite the fact you were killing womp rats yeah. as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and so basically, while he's trying to convince Garrus to stay. Ashley's trying to signal for help by using a torch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then we find out Luke has a plan to roofie Ashley so that no matter what happens, the alibi is she had drugs in her system. Yeah. Which is, oh, you clever little fuck. Yeah. Um, but then Ricky turns up, which is unexpected, we mm. think. And so he barges in. But they turn the music up loud so he can't hear Ashley yeah. muffled screaming. They're making excuses about, oh, she doesn't want to see you. She's on her period. She's diarrhea. <laughs> These are all the excuses they bring I up. know. I know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, she doesn't want to see you. So I love how it's just like, yeah, it's a kid. Yeah, the trailer is the first thing they go to is a period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the painters are in. Um... <laughs> It's I I knew someone who used to refer to it as that. Um okay, all my friends are women. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh so yeah, Ricky is tricked upstairs yeah. where he eats a baseball bat to the head. Oh yeah. But um gets up immediately. <laughs> uh, but not before um not before Luke thinks he's won this round. Oh, yeah. So he starts doing this little shit dance. It's a Freddie Mercury sing dance. It's exactly what it looks like. He's holding this. He's holding the microphone stand. He's dancing around. But it there's a lot. There's a lot of shades of emo Peter Parker in this. To that be is very true. Yeah. But like even more unlikable. Yeah. Same energy though, for sure. This is like what would happen if like you know, he was just someone was just born with venom. <laughs> uh. But yeah, and so but Ricky gets up and proceeds to kick the shit out of him. Oh yeah, because he's a twelve year old who's clearly on a killing spree. Yes, well they they don't know that he's on a killing spree. Well, it's just this little kid hit me with a baseball bat. Yeah, he's clearly up to no good. Where's my girlfriend? Also, they also the kid also he's he wasn't a fan of Luke beforehand. I'm That's pretty true. sure he said on the phone that kid's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, and then. Uh, Gareth comes in to save the day mm-hmm. uh, uh, by stabbing him in the face. Oh, yeah. He gets stabbed in the face with the pencil, which, come, which you know, comes back later on. And, but, and that gives Luke enough time to hit him in the back of the head with the bat for the second time. Like a direct jab, mm-hmm. you know? It's like Lenny in the back of the head in the morning. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, meanwhile, Ashley gets her hand on a shard of glass, which allows her to start trying to cut through the... Her confines, yeah. Confines, yes. Uh, so, she put, they put two and two together, and they realise, oh, shit, it was always the plan for Ricky to be lured here. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. When he let slip, he got a text from her phone. 
Yeah, so we find out, oh shit, no, he put her phone in a bag before mm. throwing it in. Yeah. Throwing it in the fish tank. And this is where Gareth realised how fucked Luke truly is. He's He wanted all this evidence. He went exactly according to his plan. This the fact like... that he, the fact that, you know, he, his, he has Joker-level planning. Yeah. You know, he wanted a body cam. Yes. And Gar- so Gareth realises this is fucked up. I do love the uh, the fact that um uh what was this? Um Oh yeah, no, then he she may he tries to get her to ring Jeremy. Yeah. So they can bring even more people. She refuses to, so Luke just rings him anyway. Yeah. Um We get um Basically, so they're just, and they're just continuing to be creeps. Um, poor Ricky pisses himself because, you know, he's tied in a fucking chair. Yeah. And he's, he's a hole in his face. Mm-hmm. And he's been bit hit multiple times with a baseball bat. Yeah. Which is, which is not very, uh, which isn't very nice, but it does give them a moment or two while Luke is sort of cleaning the shit up. Yeah. Um, so Ashley frees her hands and starts working on her feet. Um, but then they come back and, uh, they try to cover up the smell of piss by making, uh, Ricky do a joint. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but then they cover up his mouth, so then, uh, the smoke just comes out the hole in his yeah. cheek. Which is just... Gruesome. Nasty. That is some Cronenberg-level body horror. Mm. Um, speaking of body horror... Mm-hmm. Um, the first kill of the film. The highlight kill of the film. Yeah, that's fair. No kill sort of tops this. Yeah. Although there was one that is a little bit funny. Yeah. Um, they move Ricky's chair from the kitchen area to... The foyer. The foyer. The, the por- atrium of the home. The fucking porch, you posh bastard. <laughs> It's the atrium, it's the main hall, whatever the fuck, man. It's the foyer. The, the hall. The foyer. The front hall. There we go. The front hall. Uh, so that he's kind of just the right position under the stairs. And the chandelier. And the chandelier, yes. yes. Where we find out um, Luke has an experiment that ties into something that was said when we first meet him yeah. about the movie Home Alone. Yes. Which is like a great homage because this film had to had to make reference to that mm. film. I had to. I mean, this is like we said, this is Home Alone if, you know, so if someone allowed Macaulay Culkin to do what he probably wanted to do to his parents at one point <laughs> when things got rough. Yeah. Um uh so yeah, so basically but then at the same time, while uh, Luke is setting all this up, Ricky does ask Gareth, why are you friends with this weirdo? Yeah. Which is, it's justified. It's a fair question. And he doesn't really <laughs> give an answer. It's just like, he's always been my friend, mm-hmm. you know? It always has that thing. I was like, was he your friend though? Or was he just using you, you know? Yes. Yeah. When you're that age, it's very easy to fall into that, you know. Just because he hangs around you all the time doesn't make him your friend. It's just like you're his underling. It's just when we first met you, it kind of looks opposite because you're being loud and obnoxious and he's being shy. Yeah. But it's the fact, you know, the true colours eventually come out. And 
while all this is going on, he almost gets hit with a paint can mm. because they don't have him leveled up right. Yeah. So uh, basically, they're going to home alone him, which is he's tied to a chair and they have a rope and they have a can of paint. Yeah. And Gareth is begging him, please don't do this. Because, you know, physics. Yeah. And, um, but he doesn't listen because Luke never listens to anyone. Mm. So he just bombs away because uh obviously at this point ashley even gets free yeah and uh again just bombs away so he throws the paint can off of the upstairs banister yeah it it uh does like a loop Mm -hmm. and whacks and takes his face off oh it kills him well yeah it's bound to i mean that's one thing you even get from watching the original home alone film where you're like oh that like every like every second injury you're like dead you're dead after that like that's that's straight up death but, but also uh, <laughs> like although like the pain can I feel like even in the first Home Alone movie yeah it's not enough there's not enough momentum? force okay I well yeah like momentum because that's a normal stairway yeah you know that's like a normal just going downstairs stairway so it's kind of like and also there's a fucking ten year old kid just pushing it yeah. And, you're halfway up the stairs. This guy is like at the bottom. The fit there has been a mathematical equation or two done as to get the best <laughs> velocity on this. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and also I'm pretty sure that paint can is full. Oh yeah. I have no idea how it's... full the uh, paint can in Home Alone was. Yeah. I feel like it might have been empty. But that is one thing I like about this scene as well. It's just the moment it collides his face, the yellow paint just splattering. It mixes with the with yeah. the red. It, it looks like if someone melted down a McDonald's sign. <laughs> um, and yeah, so Ricky is killed in a horribly gruesome way that yeah. they never they never show the impact. They never show like the explode the no. the face going just. It's uh, odd to say, kind of more respectful in a way. Yeah, it just it, but it it kind of. I feel like if it had maybe. Two, if 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 they had like maybe a five or six million dollar budget, yeah. they might have shown it for sure because they could have done it. But I feel like they they didn't because maybe it was budget, but also you didn't need to see it. You no. saw the aftermath of it. You saw what it looked like. Mm. This splattering of yellow and red mush. Yeah, but I think it also it leaves up to the viewer's imagination and like. Any horror fans watching this is picturing the most grotesque thing also, behind that paint can. Also, they showed the immediate aftermath of, like, on the body. So, it's like, the blood is ripping down and the paint is also yeah. going down. Yeah. Um, fun yeah. fact. The fact that I was uh, going to leave until we had uh, reached the point of Luke being a psychopath. Um, because of how the shooting schedule turned out, the actor who played Ricky... That was not done on his last day. So, like, there were scenes that had to be done afterwards that required him to spend the day sat there post-Home Alone death. So he's there in the full makeup, covered in everything, in the corner of a shot. So it's like, you can't even really see him. Yeah. But it's a continuity error if he's not there. For sure, yeah. So, like, he just had to sit there for days on end while everything was filmed around him like oh. that. And he's covered in yellow paint and God knows what mush. 
That's great, though. I love that. Oh, I love it. But it's like, I imagine he hate, must have hated it to a point. Like, going oh, sure. in going in every morning to the makeup de- chair, it's like, I don't even don't even have a line today. I don't even have a scene. I'm just <laughs> I'm just a prop in the background. I am background corpse. I I am background paint corp. <laughs> oh, but um. Yeah, and so this is really where we kind of realize, okay, Luke is seriously evil. Oh, he's twisted. But also, it's like a really great jumping off point for the kills because now we know that pe- we've seen people get injured. Yeah. But this is that work because, like, even when uh, the main character fell on the stairs, uh, like she she was fine. Like, yeah. She was unconscious. Worst she was comes fine. to worst, she has a concussion. Yeah. But this is where we find out that people. Oh no, people can die within this film. <laughs> yeah. There's a point in a horror film where you need to introduce death yeah. to uh, really make the audience feel okay. This is dangerous, you know. Mm. A slasher film will always kind of kill someone off early on just to show people, just to remind people, especially if it's like, you know, something new. Yeah. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, people can die in this. These are the stakes. Death is yeah. reality. It's why, in, it's why in the first Halloween they show uh, Mike Meyer, Michael Myers' sister's murder immediately, yeah. you know. Uh, the first kill always sets everything up, and For this sure. is... And this, they don't do it until later on in the film, and that's because there's the twist. Yeah. You think it's one thing, and then, oh shit, this really is so very different. Mm. You think it's just a simple sort of home alone, home invasion type thing, and no, this is a fucking jig, this is a Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> just with, just with a, without the 18s rating. Yeah. Um... But yeah, now so Ricky just dies and is left there. Um, but uh, Ashley does try to escape, but she realizes that um, uh, she tries to escape, but then Gareth also lets her go after she trips because he also knows I'm I'm stuck in this. Yeah. You know? I don't think I can get out of this. You know, I I don't think I can get out of this friendship with Luke. You know. Alive. Yeah. I, I at this point I'm scared of him. Because it's like, if, if you if you had a friend who got away with this, would you stop being friends with him? No. <laughs> he fucking home alone, the guy. He homed alone, he home alone like a 16 or 16, 17 year old. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he's fucking, this isn't a South Park situation where it's like, oh, hide from the, oh, we get the fifth graders to sort him out. This guy killed a fucking fifth grader. Yeah. Oh, but, um... Yeah, no, and so, but basically she realises that um, the tripwire is, uh, she realises the tripwire, there's the tripwire and no mm. one's actually shooting, uh, and she she manages to, like, get out of, like, the house and the garden, but she gets hit in the head with the brick. Yeah. Which, you know, if, if the fall didn't concuss her, that probably would. And then Ashley wakes up and she's essentially like, she's super, super tied up. Yeah. She's wrapped in <laughs> Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. And Gareth is despondent because he knows he's in trouble with, he's in the doghouse with Luke. And he's just like, my best friend's a psychopath and I'm never going to escape that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I done fucked up. Yeah. 
And, you know, she uses tenderness with Gareth to uh, capitalise on the disillusionment towards him. Mm. And even we later find out that, uh, around this time we find out, yeah, no, it wasn't an accident that he killed Gareth's gerbil. He just killed it because he wanted to. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... And also then he tell Luke also uh, brags about how he gets away with everything, you know, and he talks about what he's going to do to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak of the devil, Jeremy arrives. Yep. And Luke talks to him outside and talks him into writing Ashley an apology. Because mm. so um, the only way Ashley will see him is if he writes her apology. Yeah. And, sh- and he's not the brightest bulb. No. He is not. He comes across a little bit. Every scary movie, which is the scary, scary movie three, mm. the white rapper, yeah, a white guy rapper wears very much a dig at a Eminem and Eight Mile. <laughs> That's kind of what he reminds me of here. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, and so he does. He writes so the no, but then we realize. Oh, that's going to sound like a suicide note, a murder-suicide note. Um, and so Luke ra- wraps his neck in a noose and hangs him to death. Mm-hmm. And he does it so casually. Yep. He just hooks it up to the lawnmower and just kind of drives it back into the shed. <laughs> and again, you would never have guessed that they weren't allowed to physically harm the actor in any yeah. way. No. Yeah. Good man, Red Ranger. <laughs> you have been fucking useless. <laughs> Another great death, though, but it's just, it's so quick as well. And yeah. you know it's coming, but it's still, it, it gets you by surprise. Yeah, just because you're still, you're kind of expecting something to happen. You're kind of thinking, oh, well, someone has to come. This kid can't get away with this, right? Because yeah. he can't, can he? Oh, fuck, he is getting away with this. <laughs> Um, Tadpole's loose ends very good well though again yeah, he, he's so intelligent like yeah. we're gonna come to that uh, bridge in a few minutes where we kind of see just how much of a plan he had in yeah, mind to wrap up um, Ashley is back is still inside tied up and she ca- tries to capitalise on the disillusionment toward, between, and the rift that's now appeared between Luke and Gareth mm. by um appealing to the to the good inside Gareth because they know Gareth's not a bad kid he's just a horny little 12 year old little creep mm. yeah he's good to a point he's not Luke he's not Luke yeah he's not psychopathic but he still has a lot of issues I wouldn't classify him as good because he still tries to jump um, he needs bones the moment she shows him any kind of bit of kindness he needs therapy yeah he needs therapy, but he does not need to be locked up. He's like not inherently kids. evil, but I wouldn't say he's good. <laughs> no, no, he, he get, I wouldn't. He's that. He's the creepy kid in class, but he's not the school shooter. That's that's very good. Yeah. Yes. Category thrown into. <laughs> he is the creepy. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah. So and. He does, so he starts to cut her free. Yeah. And do you remember when I said those are very funny deaths? Mm. Um, Luke blows Gareth away with a shotgun, like, full-on blows him out of shot. Yeah. It's that gunshot where it's like, this is meant to be serious, but, the sh- but like, the jump on it mm. 
Makes it comical. Makes it comical. <laughs> Very, do you know what it reminded me of? Have you ever seen Django Unchained? Yeah. The scene at the end where it's just like, say goodbye to Miss Daisy. Bye, Miss Daisy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it reminded me of that. And um, we get the scene where it's like, you're not going to kill me, right? And it's just, no, he, he just kills him. Garrett's last words is, I want my mommy. Yeah. Oh. It's brutal. And then Luke just starts yelling, fuck. Yeah. Because it's like, I wanted, I wanted my play th- my new plaything, Ashley, but I've lost my old plaything in Luke, in yeah. Gareth. I think it upsets him so much because this is the only thing he didn't account for. Everything L- else yeah. was planned. Everything else went exactly according to his sick little plan. This but, is the only thing that's wrong for Luke. But yeah, but he had, yeah. And it's like, it's not that he, it's not, it doesn't even seem like he cares about him as like a friend. It's more... My underling. You yeah, know? I know for sure. My fucking minion. But also, everything else he does, like, meticulously. Like, it's very methodically done. Whereas this is the only one where he acts on instincts, he acts on mm. emotion. Absolutely. He's all... Because he, he's constantly cutting between, sort of, sinister yeah. and psychopathic. Like, mm. this is him fully letting the trap loose on Psycho. For sure. The moment he sees Garrett kissing... Ashley, he snaps and he goes, I told you not to kiss her. Blows him fucking away. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, what I saw one, uh, the video I was watching when I was doing the research was because there's not a ton of, uh, there wasn't a ton on IMDb about it or Wikipedia about yeah. it, but, um, because obviously it's a smaller horror film from yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, someone did say that he, there was a, they, they saw a lot of, in Levi Miller, a, a bit DiCaprio-esque. Mm. Kind of maybe Gilbert Grape kind of era DiCaprio. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's better than Pan. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. And and I kind of get... I kind of get that as well, to a point. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's a huge difference between, like, this and... Artie Grape, you know? Yeah. One is a psychopath, the other one is a Down Syndrome kid, you know? But there's still that kind of... Can jump between, you know, charming kid and dark. The range, yeah, for sure. The range, yeah, there's a range. Um, But yeah, and so, yeah, and he starts flipping out because he lost his stooge. He acted on emotion and all that. And then in a really gross, intimate sort of scene, he kind of, you know, he starts getting snuggly with uh, Ashley and starts talking about how his mother used to tuck him in at night mm. and now she never does anymore and he doesn't know why. And this is where our friend Luke really hit it on the head. <laughs> hit the nail on the head where he's like, at the start of the movie, he's like, oh, so this kid just wants to fuck mommy. <laughs> yeah, there was very much. It's not. Is, is it? Is it an Oedipus complex? That's yeah. Oedipus it's an Oedipus, Oedipus complex. Yeah. Oedipus central here, like this kid. <laughs> yeah, it's mommy issues. Yeah. You know, every I I feel like every serial killer has either some form of mommy or daddy issues. Yeah. But this is quite severe, you know, because he also again it also makes sense now because he has the womb sound machine. Yeah. Under his bed, you kind of get the sense of like. What what does he use that for? <laughs> I don't want to know. Oh yeah. But um. Yeah, 
And so he's just talking, talking to her and it's getting really gross. And she realizes the best way to fuck him over. Hmm. And that is to just tell him, I know why. And then not answer him. Hmm. Leaves him hanging on an answer. Because yeah. he's always demanding an answer out of her for everything. You know, it's like, why won't you ki- let me kiss you? Why don't you see me as an adult? Yeah. And the fact is, she's always answering him and kind of feeding his delusion to a point. Yeah. This is just, she shuts down. Hmm. You know, she's barely, she, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't react to anything. So he realizes, oh well, fuck, my toy is broken. Mm. So he stabs her in the back. Mm. I thought he slit her throat. No, no, no. If 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 he had if he had slit her throat, then she'd be dead. Because mm. that's the you don't come back when you've slit the throat. No, I thought I thought you put duct tape over it. I think she put duct tape over a different body part. Mm, okay, but um. Yeah, no, so he stabs her and sort of gives her a goodnight kiss as mm. she's uh, slowly dying. Yeah. Um, and so then, then this, then this film just kind of goes into like a little mini thriller mm. where we see that because everyone else in the house is dead at this point. Yeah. Luke then begins to wrap, up. <laughs> to wrap everything up. He starts setting everything up so that when his parents come home, it looks like, okay, well, Jeremy turned up. He killed uh, Ashley. He mm. killed uh, Ricky. He killed Gareth. And then he hung himself. And there's an apology. There's a suicide yeah. note in the garden mm. next to where he's hung. Yeah. So, like, everything makes sense. He wrapped it up to fit the narrative he was envisioning. Yeah, and, and all this, and all this, all this happens while he's sleeping. Yeah. Although the one thing I will say, how do you not wake up when you hear a fucking gunshot go off like that with Gareth? That was a sleepwalking alibi. Why he was on sleeping pills is so that he had the excuse to sleep through it all. Oh, oh. Mm. He's a clever little right? cunt. Fantastic. <laughs> mm, I hate him. Yeah. Right. And the one thing he can't get right after he's done all the thing, after he's wiped his fingerprints off everything, he's wiped his fingerprints. You know, he's he's made sure everything is perfect. You know, yeah. he's even taken the pencil out of Ricky's cheek. Yeah. he's put it through the pair, yeah. which I remember. I love the reaction that got amongst the group. It's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But he's, he's fixed everything so it can it can withstand any scrutiny. Yeah. But the only thing he can't get right is the pencil on his door handle because on the exterior you, of the room. Because you can't do that while... Because it just, physics just won't allow you yeah. to do that and then close the door from the inside. For sure. So then he realises, okay, fuck, I have to... I have to do all... Okay, there's no way around this. So he puts it on and then... He goes out, he goes into the next room, yep. out the window, and then across the, um... The landing. The la- yeah, the landing kind of porch ceiling yeah. thing, where the reindeer are. Yeah, where the reindeer are. Uh, as his parents are coming into the drive driveway, yeah. and... And uh, basically, that's that's where, like, this really does become suspenseful, because he keeps knocking the reindeer mm-hmm. over... And they're just like, oh, if he knocks them over, his parents will notice. So it's like, okay, well, now there is one thing that doesn't add up. 
how did the reindeer fall? Mm. You know, and but he he eventually gets in and uh, he gets gets under the covers. He realizes the womb machine. He mm-hmm. needs to put that away. Yeah, and turn it on. Oh, and turn it on. Yes. So um, yeah, and then but uh, but he manages to do all of that, and this whole time you're watching, thinking. Don't I hope, please don't let him get away with this. But then there's also something in the back of your mind that's like, I kind of will he get away with this? I'm hoping he does at the same time. Like you don't want him to, but the same time you're like this sick little bastard's gonna get away with it, and that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just kind. Of, you get wrapped up in the emotion of the moment where it's just kind of like he's <clears throat> he's trying to set everything perfect. Yeah. And it's the one tiny, one or two tiny details that aren't going perfectly. Mm. That no one other than, like, the the most cliche, oh, he's a, he's a super detective cop yeah. person, whatever sort of a uh, cop. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, so he manages to, oh, everything's okay. He and he does it. He's managed to get away with multiple murders. And I love the moment where he where his parents finally come to the front door and he's lying down in bed and the camera just stays with him, just horizontal in the bed, and you can hear his mother's muffled screaming from downstairs and like they're running upstairs, My baby, my baby like the sound slowly growing as she reaches the bedroom then and and oh. his and he's 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 enjoying hearing that, mm-hmm. my baby, my baby. He wants to fuck his mother so bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ Oh, and um, and well, and obviously the yeah, end. Then obviously the parents come in, and you can hear the absolute roaring screams because you walk in the front door, and the first thing you see is Ricky home alone. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, so much blood on the floor. And yeah. That's not just blood, like body parts, like probably bits of cranium skull. Yeah. Because there's metal. Probably like warped and shit, you know, For like because sure. the paint broke, so like the, the impact broke the metal as well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would not want to have to clean that up. No, you know, and um, and then we cut to, um, obviously the mo- his mother is holding Luke, mm. you know, stroking him like a fucking cat, and we think. Little shithead's gotten away with this. He's mm. gotten everything that he wants. His mother's holding him again. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I think at this point, even his mother kind of <laughs> knew he was a creep. Yeah. Even at a young age, she, she knew something's not right about this. Yeah. Either that or she's just not a great mother. Cause, yeah. I mean, can you blame... I mean, not to say, can you blame Luke? He's obviously he's a little psychopath, but like... That's not a happy marriage to be in. That doesn't seem like a happy home. No. And there is something to a happy home in, in, when it comes to forming a kid like that. For sure. But, um, and, but then just, uh, just as he thinks he's gotten away with it all, the cops come and say, there is one survivor. And then it cuts down. And obviously... Oh, the look on Luke's face is priceless. Mm. Yeah, because he knows I've lost. Yeah. If there's a survivor, I've lost. There's someone who knows it was me. And so we cut to... They're putting Ashley in the ambulance. And um, you can tell even in the 
gurney she's looking up at luke in his yeah. window and just flips him the middle finger so perfect so and they perfect. don't and they don't do anything beyond that like that is the end of the movie yeah that is a perfect note to end it on oh for sure you don't need to know exactly what happened afterwards you don't need to know oh luke went to juvie for the rest of eternity yeah as he should I'd say at that point, though, you get, depending on what state you're on, you're in, you're getting tried as an adult for that. I feel like depending on the state, you're getting the fucking, you're getting a lethal injection for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, what's, what's the, what's the minimum age for, like, the death sentence? I think, I, I think it must be 18 for sure. 18? 21, Ooh. maybe even. Well, like, he is, he is not hanging around, he is not getting, like, gen pop in any, uh... No. In any sort of normal juvie or prison. Not a hope. <laughs> although in fairness, although in fairness, if you were in prison and you thought, what did your cellmate do? He's a 12 year old who like murdered four people, murdered three people and almost murdered his babysitter. Yeah. And then like, you'll, you'll eventually hear the things he does like, wait, he did what with a paint can? You'd steer clear of that kid in the yard. <laughs> you, yeah you fucking would honestly if uh, honestly like if you want protection you'd fucking hang out with that kid that's true it's like I don't want I don't want him to do to me what, what, what he does to things it's like the amount of shit you can, you can probably find in prison that mm. he could use <laughs> but um yeah no and so it just ends all you know is is that Luke failed yeah he's you know, lost like, he no, it did not go perfect. Mm. And that is what he wanted. He wanted everything to go perfect. He knows he's fucked. Yeah. You can tell just by body language. He knows he's fucked. It's mm. over. And that's all you need to know. You don't need some long sort of epilogue where it's like, oh, he got tried and sentenced to this many years and she moved off to college and she's not babysitting anymore. Never again. <laughs> or, you know, she sees another kid and, like, he's also a bit creepy. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, no, it's just perfect. End it there. End it there. Yeah. The perfect way to end a horror film is just right at the perfect moment. Just, okay, the killer has either gotten away with it or hasn't gotten away with it. Now end it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like how they end it just after Michael Myers disappears at the end of the first Halloween movie. Yeah. Not to, uh, not to make this all a big sort of circle jerk for the first Halloween movie, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, when it's a slasher, that's kind of that's it's all standard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of the movie. Let's get into some post-production. All right, let's do it. This was released in the US on the 6th of October, 2017. Mm -hmm. And on the 8th of December, 2017, in the UK and Ireland. Interesting. So in the US, this would have, this would have been more Halloween yeah. release, and this would have been more of a Christmas release here. I really appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, also, in fairness, it's in art house cinemas in the States, whereas here, it's, in, it's a more wide release. So, yeah. yeah, you play up the Christmas aspect more than you would in the States, because also, like, December in the States, you've probably got a shit ton of other things coming, you know? Yeah, for sure. We're going to do the top 10 for, like, the year. And just, like, yeah, I can kind of see why they wouldn't release this in December. It would have gotten lost even on, like, 25 screens. Okay. Um, a budget of $3 million. Mm. U.S. opening weekend, it made $12,569. All right. 
not bad. In the UK, it made £59,294. Again, not bad for a smaller this? release, you yeah. know? Because, again, I still think 200 means I doubt this was doing any more than two showings a night. Yeah. Three maximum, depending on the chain. For sure. Um, overall gross, um, worldwide, it made... Hundred seventy six thousand pound dollars. Yes. Yeah. You know, again, three million. That doesn't. That you're not really making your money back on it, yeah. but you're getting like a really well received horror film that did win awards. Mm. So like you're getting good word of mouth, and then you know this company still has Train to Busan. So yeah. like, yeah, you know, you get it's good reputation over making a profit for sure. at that point which is kind of it's just as important you know definitely especially yeah. in horror when it's like you can throw you know two, you can throw it three million and if it does well it can easily make three or four times that mm. like if you look at horror, even like big studio horror films the budget on them aren't big you yeah. know like a, the budget on a, on a conjuring movie is not huge yeah Despite the location and props. Yeah, like horror, like like paranormal activity. Those would have been made on shoestring budgets, oh, but sure. they made a shit ton of money. Like I'll, uh, I'll look it up here. What was the Conjuring's budget? Hmm. The budget on the Conjuring was twenty million. Well, and more than I well twenty million, but then it made worldwide three hundred and twenty million. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So, yeah, and that was just, like, the first one. So That's it's what like, I really appreciate about horror now, though, is that it's starting to get the, you know, notice it deserves because of how much it can make back. Yes, but I think that can be a, tra- that can be a blessing and a curse as well, mm. just because, you know, because uh, remember when Paranormal Activity first hit and then when found footage horror became the real sort of craze of the day. Yeah. There was a lot of shit. That's true. There was a lot of shit because it was like, oh, we can make this on a budget of $5 and it can make more money than it deserves to make, yeah. you know? Like, um, just looking up here, what was the budget? Yeah, even Conjuring 2 only had a $40 million budget and that still made kind of around the same as uh, the first film, yeah. so. Yeah. What else? Um, Malignant this year that had a budget of five million mm. and that made thirty three million worldwide. So even then, you know you're you'll always you you'd be very very unlucky to not at least make your money back on yeah. most horror films to get like a wide release. Yeah. You know? sure. So like this is very much okay. Well, if you can at least set like a brand in horror to where like a studio can trust you to make a good horror movie with a little bit extra money, yeah. then you can make a hit. That's for sure, yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Uh, awards. It did win awards. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, it won the Golden Raven in- International Competition at the Brussels International Festival of Fantasy Film. Fantasy Film. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Fantasy film. Try, try saying that three times in a row. No, thank you. Festival of fantasy film. Fantasy of festival. <laughs> fantasy of fa- festival of fantasy. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't. St- it's like I wouldn't stay here. It was Zoe one hundred and one. 
<laughs> the speech impediment. No. <laughs> um, it, at, um, at the Fantasia Film Festival, it won Best European slash North South American Feature. Okay. Mm. Um, and at Fright Fest 2019, it won Best Death for uh, The Home Alone. Yes. And Best Actor for Levi Miller. Oh, well, that's yeah. true, though. That is really cool. Yeah, well-deserved. Well, like I said, shades of a young DiCaprio. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you're a kid actor, it's like, that might just be, like, the best compliment anyone could ever give you. Yeah. Because, uh, like, he, he was young when he started out as well. Definitely, yeah. But, um, and very positive critical response uh, as well. Has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, Fuck 65%... Yeah. Uh, audience score mm. but i can kind of understand why i feel like some people would not like the twist yeah. i feel like the twist would cut too close to the bone with some people because it's yeah. like oh little creepy 12 year olds are a problem <laughs> boo says the former creepy 12 year olds <laughs> what do you mean when you're 12 you can't grope your babysitter <laughs> Back in my day, back in my day, you could hit someone with a paint can and the head wouldn't explode. This movie is liberal bullshit. <laughs> SJW, SJW. <laughs> um, and uh, 67 on Metascore. Mm. Which, uh, which is solid. No, yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay, let's play the box office game. Ooh. Ooh. Um, okay, let's start with domestic. Mm-hmm. Number one is everyone's favourite movie in the world ever that has ever existed, ever. Everyone's favourite movie. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Stay silent. <laughs> that is it. That, that is a different episode. A yeah. much longer episode than this one. Oh, yeah. Um, that that is a twelve part miniseries. If you ask me, <laughs> at number two, we have, unfortunately, it's another Disney live action remake. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Solid. Not the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst. Not the best. Not the best. It's 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 not the twenty sixteen Jungle Book. No, that's fair. That's definitely the best. Idea. But it's better than better than Lion King. Oh, for sure. Better than Alice in Wonderland. Oh, so much better than Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, oh, Aladdin's kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's... Somewhere in the middle. It'd be better if, like, Jafar wasn't shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, this, this at least had the benefit of, like... Yeah, it is pretty much just the exact same thing, but mm. they gave Beast a song. Yeah. But at least Gaston is done... With more justice than Scar or yeah. uh, Jafar got. For sure. Um, at number three, pew, 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 Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman at number three. And I think I broke Brennan. I can't take it. <laughs> at number four, yep. it's not ripe, but it is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So stiff competition this year. At number five, yeah. very timely, very timely. Um, 
Very, very timely. Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. At number six. Yes. The fuck is that meant to be? <laughs> the Pennywise dance. It's it. It came in at number six. Seated, that is not what that looks like. <laughs> well, it's like, because I'm sitting down, so you can't, you can't kind of do the sort of slightly German Oktoberfesty. That's fair. Sort of hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At number seven, it's a movie that told ghosts to piss off. It's Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> piss off, ghost. <laughs> At number eight, this should have come with a warning. A minion's warning. It's oh. Despicable Me 3. Mm. Is that the one with the brother? Yes. Yeah. Where it's just Steve Carell. <laughs> it's the whole film for Steve Carell. <laughs> Um, at number nine, oh, I, I can't think of a joke about this one because this movie actually just, like, legit made me cry. Um, Logan. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal oh. film. <sighs> Only watched that with Alfie recently. It's fantastic. Oh, I, I, I cried. Yeah. And I, I was, I was in, this was back when I was in Valley Hermit and, um, the guy who was in charge of, uh, like, the equipment room, mm. kind of like a Valley Hermit's version of Shea. Yeah. I uh, just came out one day, I was like, went to see Logan. Haven't cried like that in a long time. And this is a grown-ass man. <laughs> um, and at number 10, a movie that I can make a joke about. It's a movie that uh, taught us that the best way to deal with a nuclear warhead coming at you is to kick it. The Fate of the Furious. No. Fast and Furious 8. The so one where the the one where the rock kicks a missile. <laughs> <laughs> not to be con- not to be confused with fa- this year's Fast and Furious Nine, where um, Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson go up to space in a in Honda Ci- in a, I believe it was Honda Civic of some yeah. kind, and their and their way of uh, how do we destroy the satellite? We'll drive through it. <laughs> I love my favorite thing about Fast Nine is the most unbelievable part to me is them trying to make us believe that John Cena is a Latino. <laughs> no, that is that man is like the third most Bostonian man in Hollywood, behind Mark Wahlberg and Bill Burr. <laughs> oh, okay, global box office yes. at number one, pour out a glass of blue milk. The Last Jedi is Last back Jedi. at um. At number two, it's a tale as old as time because it's the same spot for Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) At number three, turns out out the global box office were even more in favor of kicking them them submarine missiles. That upsets me so much. At number four, they also really loved Gru's brother. It's a despicable me, three. At number five, oh... Number five, this this is the one that did that 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 didn't turn up at all. Okay. It is a long belated sequel mm. of sorts where the main actor did not come back for um pretty obvious reasons. Death. Mm. Yeah. Pretty finite. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no bro. Jumanji. Oh shit! Which honestly, that's not a bad film. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, not not. That's not terrible. You know, <laughs> like it's. 
Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Like, it's good for... It's better than you would imagine any Jumanji sequel could be. That's for sure. Post-Robin Williams. It's probably the best The Rock has done since. Better than Zathura? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, at number six... Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. <laughs> At number seven, what yeah. the fuck is this? It's a movie called Wolf Warrior 2. I've never even heard of that. Something from China, I think. Oh, I must watch it. Wolf Warrior 2. I think you gotta watch. I think you need to watch Wolf Warrior 1 nah, to get it. Straight to two. This is the media I need to do. At number eight, Summon Ring of Zardu Hasselfrau. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 again. Here we go. At number nine, this movie would have ranked higher, but it didn't hand out enough pamphlets. <laughs> it's it's Thor Ragnarok. Yes. And at number ten, still going pew pew. <laughs> when she's Man. not falling on Flash, <laughs> it's a uh, it's Wonder Woman, uh, pre nineteen eighty four. Thank you. Um, a couple of movies that um just want to shout out a couple of movies that didn't actually make um top ten the yeah top ten that year but like kind of notable films from that year. It came number 13, okay. which is big. Part Co- one, yeah. yeah, yeah, part one, the better part. Um, <laughs> Coco just missed out on Wonder Woman by a couple thousand. Damn. I think it was like, oh, oh I, I think it was kind of like maybe 10,000 or so. Okay. 10, 15,000. Yeah. Uh, a couple of movies that just didn't make it that I'm just kind of kind of shocked and just kind of you know, kind of just, uh, let's, uh, I'll just mention them because I always like bringing up with Dean. Remember these films? Mm-hmm. Um, Transformers The Last Night, 16th. Jesus. 16th. I haven't seen a Transformers film since they got rid of Megan Fox, though. <laughs> I will say this. Watch Bumblebee. Yeah? Bumblebee is great. Okay. Michael Bay didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. It's nothing to do with it. It has... It it's set in the eighties, yeah, and it is full on eighties Transformers. Like they look, very the, like it, they look like the eighties cartoons. Okay. You know, it, it is, this isn't Michael Bay trying to be like, oh kids, you, watch this. This isn't your daddy's. You this isn't your dad's Transformers. No, this is your dad's Transformers, and okay. that's why it's really cool. It also, it's got Haley Steinfeld from Hawkeye in it, yes. and John and John Cena as. Uh, <laughs> Kind of one of the human villains. Okay. Yeah, this was this was like Cena when it was like they had he hadn't really fully uh, transitioned into what he he's kind of found his niche in, which is comedy. Yeah. But um, he's good in it, and it is, and it's like I said, it's set in the eighties. It's very much, it's like what would have happened if you had just made. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's character and Bumblebee in the first film, a coming of age story, yeah. and kept it very small scale. You know, like there's like there's no massive army destroying the city. You know, like there's like there's I think there's like two Transformers just after Bumblebee. Okay, like two, like basically uh, they're being chased and yeah. stuff. But it's very much they toned it way down spectacle wise, but it's still really good. Okay, cool. Very solid. Must check it out. I absolutely recommend yeah, it. Didn't, sure. It didn't do very well box office wise because it just like it had the weight of five shit, five bad films. Yeah. 
And even like this, this is this is this is being considered a bomb, you know. Um, speaking of bombs, uh, Justice League fourteenth. Justice 14th? League. Justice League did not make top ten. That's uh, that's fair though. I wouldn't expect it to be even number fourteen. I thought it'd be lower down the list. Uh, just, it it made, it made less money than it. Yeah. And it made less money than Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Again, another one I just need to mm. slept on. Need to get um, a couple more that came out that year. Um, Dunkirk, mm. War of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. Solid. Greatest Showman. Yes, flawless. Uh, Cars 3. Cars 3. Gotta say, slightly under... I think it's a little bit underrated. You can I hate mean, me. That's when I had 17. I'd say, like, obviously it's... Leaps and bounds better than Cars too. It has to be that film is trash, hot street trash. But I would say it's very, it's very much they take the line of, what do you mean there was a Cars two? None of that. That they ignore everything that happened in yeah. Cars two. It's very much like okay, this is just the continuation from what the first one was. Good back to racing. Back to racing. Back to the root, and it's very much kind of like. This is a very natural end to well, it feels like kind of a trilogy, but they kind of, but it's not because they yeah. ignore part two. But um, yeah, no, it's quite it's good, you know. Like it's not top tier Pixar. It's not Coco, mm. you know. Like let's not get not let's not get anything over the top here. But I've yeah. always said Cars is probably one of the best DreamWorks movies the DreamWorks never made. <laughs> Cars is all the Cars franchise. Two and one and three mm. have always been kind of looked down upon because they're they're very good DreamWorks movies in Pixar land, mm. you know. But Cars Three is solid, I yeah. think. You know, it's solid. It, it's nice. Um, Lego Batman, um, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. Some fantastic cinematography mm. in that. Absolutely stunning. A f- a fantastic mustache. Yeah, and that yes. Um, God, get out. Get out was twenty. Oh. That that came thirty seventh. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, Paddington two, <laughs> which is on TV over the Christmas. Yep. I would recommend it to anyone. That movie is a uh, movie is delightful. Unfortunately, oh Baby Driver, Baby mm-hmm. Driver. Um, unfor- unfortunately, 45 and 46 on this chart is the one-two shit punch of Geostorm and the Emoji Movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Right where they belong, though. But, um, and because this is 2017, just before we wrap up here and before we give our final noses, the Irish Top 10. Because, oh. because, this, because uh, for some reason, the Irish box office Top 10 does not exist before 2011. Oh, shit. So, like, if, we, so if we're doing, like, a mid-2000s movie for next week yeah. or, like, a mid-90s movie for next week, we won't have the Irish chart. It's just, I, I did this with Dean because, like, the 2011 chart is so weird <laughs> because it's, like, what well, it was number one on, like, global and domestic? Yeah. Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2. What well, was number one on the Irish? bridesmaids <laughs> chris o'dowd makes more money at the box office like the number like the top three in 2011 were bridesmaids deathly hell part two and yeah. the guard <laughs> so um that's fair though uh at number one in the irish box office charts 
Bestiality reigns supreme. Beauty and the Beast finally beats Last <laughs> Jedi. There we go. At number two, The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, number three, this one was very popular with all the boys and girls or um, Buchels and Kialines. <laughs> I... <laughs> you did your best. <laughs> this big one, we three. <laughs> At number four, it's Harry Styles in Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> At number five, it's another installment in the Taron Egerton, Elton John cinematic universe. Oh. It's Sing. Oh, fuck yeah. Soon to have a sequel. Yeah. Starring Bono. Bono's in it? Bono is playing like the rock star, the, the reclusive rock star lion yeah. they have to bring out of uh, retirement. retirement so you funny. know? I didn't know it was Bono. Mm. Uh, that's what that's the big selling point of the movie. Like, we got Bono. At <laughs> uh, number six, at uh, number six, it's a it's a it's the only other movie where uh Brendan Gleeson has potentially killed a man other than Cock and Millish. It's Paddington Two. Okay. At uh, number seven, speaking of murder, the Boss Baby, <laughs> starring potential manslaughter. Jesus. Christ. Manslaughter suspect Alec Baldwin. Fuck. At number eight, the killing continues. This time in clown form. It's it. A little more respectable. <laughs> oh, at, at, at number nine, um, we finally have a Marvel movie in this list. Guardians 2. There we go. And at number ten... It happened in 1989, and 1994, 1992, and 1995, and 1997, and 2008, and 2012, and very big English made movies because yeah. again when you look it up they also do like there's a list of like top movies in general and top sort of Irish made films okay so like 2017 I think probably would have been like cardboard gangsters and mm. shit you know and I remember 2017 I, I always remember kind of like one or two I remember there was a 2017 film that they took us to see like the first day at um, GCC, and yeah. I really liked it. Mm. I I've, I've only watched it back once. It's kind of tainted due to um, individuals That's fair. from that time who are no longer part of my life. Hey, Lucy. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Is to this? I hate you. No, you don't. No, but I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, before we wrap up, let's just get our final thoughts on uh, Better Watch Out. Oh, man. Do you remember that movie we were watching, we were talking about before we started talking about mo- <laughs> other movies? Man, it's like, it's... I only watched it for the first time last year, and it immediately, like, skyrocketed to my, like, favourite Christmas films. Really? Oh. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, don't get me wrong, I love all the nostalgic Christmas films, like the traditional kind of stuff, Home Alone, Elf. Yeah, you're, you're big into your Christmas horror. Cause I am. Y'all, this, is, this is a very horror household. It is, for sure. Even when, even when it's Christmas, it's horror. Yeah. 
We know that's the thing. Like we've released, I think it's every four days. There's a Christmas. There's a horror film on the Christmas watch list. Yes, the, the your Christmas, literally of all I had, I've only seen one traditional Christmassy movie of all the times I've come here in the yeah. last two weeks nearly <laughs> since December started I've come round to this house three times to mm. watch movies and only one of them have been like a traditional yeah. normal like Santa Claus is featured on it yeah and and you know and that was like the first Tim Allen one everything else has been like oh it's either been this or Black Christmas For or sure. Tokyo Godfather it's not a horror movie but still so un sorry. untraditional so bizarre, I, I love it. it so much. So, so me too. Man, I was so, I'd, so desperate I'd, to see that film. I'd never seen it. I was, I, I wanted to see him, and then I kind of was like, oh, there's, oh, oh, subtitles. Okay, maybe I'll wait until hopefully I can get around when they're watching it to watching it yeah. with them. Because also, that was a great watching experience. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I really dug this. I really dug this. I mean, when you're talking about like Christmas horror movies, it's really hard to beat Gremlins for me, just because sure. that's that that's that's when I was like, I feel like I feel like in another year or year or so I can show my niece this, because mm. it's like she's into cute things, yeah, and it's not super scary. It's only twelves, right? I think it's only twelves. Yeah, mm. but um. Yeah, no, like, I, like, uh, still Gremlins for me is the gold standard, but this is very much, like, this is, this is up there with, in terms of Christmas horror, like, it's this, it's Gremlins, maybe Black Christmas? Mm. I need to, I need to watch that Goldberg as a murderous Santa movie, <laughs> see if there's a guilty pleasure there, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, so, and obviously Nightmare Before Christmas, even oh, though that is... Staple. That that's a staple. I can throw that into the November watch list though, like the brief spell between. Yeah, and no, Christmas. we were at one point. If it hadn't been for a dean, uh, hadn't been for a dean fucking up his arm and becoming a cripple, we would have covered that. Yeah. I think I'd have gotten maybe Owen, but if he if he had been, still been here yeah. at the time to come and do that episode with me or whatever, but um, yeah, no, I mean. That's obviously a staple kind of that period. Mm. I was like, it's not Halloween, but it's also not legally Christmas yet. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, no. So like, we both really like this film. It's a, it's a great case of a low budget horror, but like really well made. Yeah. Um and yeah, I really hope it doesn't take the guy another six years to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh. That's about it for yeah. this week. Hope you guys have enjoyed us talking about Better Watch Out. Um, Mary, next, Mary, Mary. next week will be our last traditional episode of the year with a guest. I have a Rusi surprise Ooh. coming between now and the 22nd at some point, oh, hopefully. Uh, and then next week, uh, we don't know what the full story is we have yeah. we have a plan and we have a backup plan we're it. not going to give out a name but to quote um quote the movie we covered last week santa <laughs> santa <laughs> <laughs> it's something to do with santa folks this is and case. basically after that um I'll be I'll be down in Dublin 
from like the 20th onwards and then i'll be getting back just in time for like new years Mm. so it's like i will probably i might do an episode on like my top 10 favorite films of the year but that'd be a solo episode Um, this next week will be the last in guest episode of 2021 uh, we shall. That will be our Christmas special. Oh yeah. And um, drunk on air. <laughs> drunk on air. Drunk on air. We weren't. We weren't already drunk last week. No. But um, yeah. No. No matter what happens, there will be drinking. There will nope. be Christmas jumpers. Merry, merry, there will merry, be, merry. There will be fun. <laughs> there will be laughs. There Always. will be hopefully not too many tears. We'll see. We'll see what my jokes are like. Um, <laughs> until then, folks. Uh. Thank you very much for watching. We'll do like I'll do the big thank you for like the year so far next week, but um, uh, thank you for watching this week, folks, and uh, see you next week. Merry merry from merry. myself and our Christmas cheermeister. Merry merry goodbyes. Merry 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 merry. Thank you.